here in my office sharing the sermon that we were supposed to record on Sunday, yesterday. But unfortunately, even after three attempts of my sound guys, uh, our sound system just wasn't functioning well. So it could be a matter of the enemy coming in or just could be a whole lot of circumstances that didn't allow us to record the message. So I'm doing this message in my office. So it won't come out as a sermon, but more like a teaching. Carolyn, last week, opened up the series on deception with a broad introduction into what we're going to be doing. And I'm going to be continuing on with that introduction. And my introduction will take quite a few weeks, quite a few sermons to go through. Um, I've just started my notes for the introduction on the deception series as I've just got back from a discipleship training trip in Myanmar with the team and I'm already breaking 18 pages so it's going to be quite long. However, what I want you to understand is I need you to saturate yourself in the introduction and become very, very familiar with the importance of dealing with these issues with the importance that the writers of the New Testament had in dealing with these issues and getting used to certain terms and terminologies that are theological but you need to ha- you need to understand them because these false teachings can be categorized in these terminologies but what you've got to recognize is that the camouflage presented to each new age of Christians will be there so we're going to be looking at that Another thing I wanted to share with you is that over the last year, the Lord has been sharing with me that I need to preach on the New Age movement. Now, I grew up at a stage where the New Age movement was making a, a comeback in into the church, into Western society. And effectively, a lot of the New Age movement's practices have become commonplace in our Western society, which I'm very sad to say. So I was wondering why was I called to to preach on the New Age movement. And slowly the Lord started to reveal to me the various different camouflages that the enemy is using in the church. Now, I want want you to, to know this. As young believers, the battles that my generation have fought and some won, some lost, are not the battles you're going to fight. The battles you're going to fight in the future until the Lord comes will be, I think, what we're going to be talking about now. And that is the battle of the New Age movement in its various camouflages that are now attacking the church from within. It's a fifth column within the church. We've dealt with evolution and and, and its effects. Society is still trying to hold on to it, but even science Pure science is now dismantling the theories of evolution. So I want you really to saturate yourself in this introduction and especially in all the, all this, uh, the, the scriptures that I'm going to be reading to you over the course of this message. The other thing that I want to share with you before I go into it is just I want to throw two words out at, at you and I need you to get familiar with these two words because generally speaking... These two words would basically be the two major attacks against the church, the true church. The one word or the one teaching is 
Ebenites, the Ebenites. And the other teaching is the Gnostics. Now the Ebonites in the New Testament age would be the Judaizers. These are people that would take away from the divinity of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the more you take away from the divinity of the Lord Jesus Christ, the more you will have to add law and false teachings for salvation. Then we have the Gnostics. The Gnostics come from all the Greek philosophies of the world and it's just a Greek mysticism that they're trying to paint with Christian terminology. And what they essentially do is they take away from the humanity of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we will give you a very, very narrow definition of Gnosticism. But Gnosticism is so broad it's virtually a system of anything goes. And there are so many different aspects of it. So we will give you the major part of it as we go into the introduction. The last thing I want to share with you before we go into looking at scripture. Is you have to understand that these attacks took place as the church was basically getting born and formed in the first hundred years. And I want you to listen and, 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 and really absorb what the writers of the New Testament are saying and what they are expecting you to do with regards to this type of attack. The same attack that took place then is the same attack that, will take, that is taking place right now. It just has a different camouflage. In the first hundred years... To possibly 300 years of the church, the attack was external, a little bit internal. But right now, my concern is this attack now is coming from within. And we have to be very, very alert to what the enemy is doing and, 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 and the new camouflage that he's bringing out to suck a lot of people into false teachings and worshiping a false Christ. Right, let's get into it. Let's lay some groundwork. The New Testament has 27 books. 21 books contain direct warnings against false doctrines and teachers. False teachers. Out of the remaining six books, in those six books, there's no direct mention of false doctrines, scriptures. However, about three of those books are actually written directly against false doctrines, false teachers, and the practices that, 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 that accompany them coming into the church. So let's begin in the book of Matthew. Now remember the New Testament, we've got the four Gospels, which teach us about what Jesus did on earth and his teachings. Acts teaches us about the Acts of the Apostles. I believe the book of Acts has not been completed. Heaven is still writing that, and we are part of that, and we have a, a chapter in that concerning our life and our work. Then we have the book of Revelation, and Revelation talks to us about what, has, what is going to come, Jesus' second coming. Now, all the other books are letters of the Apostles, where they are writing to specific situations. They are addressing specific situations in the local church. So they are taking the teachings of Jesus and they are applying the teachings of Jesus 
into local church situations as the local churches struggle with these two major forms of attack and the behavior that comes with this attack. Matthew chapter 7 verse 15, Jesus says, Watch out for false prophets. They come in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are, they are ferocious wolves. Just notice the terminology. Jesus is even warning about false prophets and how they will come in. They will be ferocious wolves, but they will be dressed like sheep. They will be dressed like Christians. Mark chapter 8 verse 15. Be careful, Jesus warned them. Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisee and that of Herod. Again, be careful. Watch out. Very, very alerting words. Yeast is something small that gets placed into something big and influences that which is big. And so here we have the Pharisees, which is the beginning of the Judaizing movement, These, the, because some of the Pharisees would become Christians, unlike Paul, and they would want to carry a lot of their tradition into Christianity. Herod, Herod bringing a lot of the ungodliness and, and, and pagan practices and behavior in with him. And Jesus says, watch out, these two attacks are coming. A verse of scripture that frightens me, Mark thirteen twenty two. For false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform signs and wonders. Now here's what really concerns me. To deceive, if possible, even the elect. And you will, you will notice all the way through in many instances... The, the two things get attached, end times and the rise of deception to unprecedented levels and the performance of signs and wonders. Watch out, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be dealing with this later on in the series, watch out for experiential theology. A theology of experiences over a theology of the Word of God. Now when we talk about doctrine, I want you to understand my definition of doctrine. My definition of doctrine are the words of Jesus himself. What did Jesus preach? That's the doctrine of Christ. And then what did the apostles of the New Testament age say about what Jesus preached? If possible, even the elect are going to be deceived. I've been to India, I've been to Myanmar, um, here in Australia, and it really is beginning to concern me. With regards to what I'm seeing getting taught from the pulpits of many, many churches. And when I look at the congregations, and it seems like, to me, they are sheep without shepherds. Luke 21.8 Jesus again, watch out that, know that you are not deceived. For many will come in my name claiming I am he and the time is near. Do not Follow them. The whole book of John, the fourth gospel, was written for the purpose of proving the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ and making it very, very clear at the beginning that this deity puts him at the same level as God. And, make, and, 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 and you can see that in John 20, verse 30 to 31. This book was written to stop the inflow of the heresies, the heretical teachings of the Ebonites and the Gnostics of the day. 
Acts 20, 25 to 31. Now I know that none of, you, none, none of you among whom I have gone about preaching the kingdom will never see me again. Therefore I declare to you today that I am innocent of the blood of any of you. That is something that I really strive for. That in my preaching I will, I will be innocent of any blood. I will be preaching the full gospel to the full knowledge that I have. Verse 27. For I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. Now here we come to the to the warning keep watch over yourselves notice it is a personal exhortation keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the holy spirit has made you overseers be shepherds of the church of god which he has brought with his own blood i know that after i leave savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock now here's another thing that really concerns me verse 30 even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard, remember. So it really, really concerns me that even from within the church today, there, there, there seems to be a, a, a major move of major players that, that, that are going further and further into modern Gnosticism. And we're going to be talking about that later on in, 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 in the series. But it concerns me that even within the church, people that I thought were rock solid for years seem to be moving over and associating with a lot of these people that are preaching and teaching modern Gnosticism. Gnosticism that has been re-camouflaged. The same doctrine in the first century, but it's been re-camouflaged to suit the modern age. Romans 16, 17-18 I urge you, brothers and sisters, to watch out, again those words, for those who cause division and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teachings you have learned. Keep away from them. For such people are not serving our Lord, Jesus, our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. By, the, by smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the minds of naive people. Again, l listen to the terminology because you need to really understand that when you start to clarify the teachings and you start to judge and test the teachings and the teachers, there will come a blowback and an opposition against you. And you need, to, you need to have these scriptures clear in your mind in terms of what you need to be doing. Later on, we'll be teaching you the four reasons, four, four biblical reasons when you need to sever a relationship with someone if they are preaching against those four things. And we'll give it to you later in the series. 1 Corinthians was written to counter the influence of the practices of these false teachings. Because the minute you start to practice these false teachings, the level of separation between you and the world diminishes. Because that is the objective of these false teachings, is to get the church to operate at the same level, morally and spiritually, as those people in the world. This is one of the problems Jesus had with the Nicolaitans and the teachings of Balaam and, and the uh, Jezebel in the book of Revelations. 2 Corinthians 11, 1-4 I hope you will put up with me in a little foolishness. Yes, please put up with me. I am jealous 
for you with a godly jealousy. I promised you to one husband to Christ so that I might present you as a pure virgin to him. But I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your mind may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. I want you to really ponder on that verse of scripture because the objective of a shepherd in the church. Now there are only three types of leaders in the church. You have a shepherd, you have a hireling, and you have a wolf in sheep's clothing. Now the purpose of a shepherd is to present you pure to Jesus Christ. So when you are going into churches today, you need to make sure that that is what your shepherd is doing. Discipling you and being able to present you pure before the Lord Jesus Christ. Now verse 4. I want you to notice these three aspects and really get them into your mind because one of, the asp- one of the things that the enemy is doing right now is he is challenging your right to test him. He is challenging your right to test his doctrine. He is challenging your right to test his people. And he's intimidating you to be quiet and not to judge them. Now we, we're judging their teachings, we're judging their, what, their, 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 their lifestyle, we're not judging whether they're going to heaven or hell. And I'll be talking about judging later on. But notice what he says here in verse 4. If someone comes to you and preaches a Jesus other than the Jesus we preach. The Ebonite Jesus is not the Jesus of the Bible. The Gnostic Jesus is not the Jesus of the Bible. You've got to be very, very careful of, of being introduced to teachings that I call gatekeeping. Not gatekeeping, but I call gate, gate teachings. Where, where they will take a truth from the truth. And we'll talk about truth becoming error. When they take a truth from the truth, separate it from the truth. And that truth then gets practiced and it becomes an error. That is a gateway. And the next step from that is the enemy will place a falsehood next to the truth. That has been pulled away from the truth. And you will then start walking into worshipping another Jesus. Here he warns you. If someone comes to you and preaches a Jesus other than the Jesus we preach. Remember what I talked about. The doctrine of Jesus Christ. They're going to come to you and they say. Oh you don't have to worry about doctrine. Yes you do. Yes you do. The doctrine of Jesus Christ comes from what he taught. If you have a red letter edition, read the red words. And then the doctrines of Jesus get further expanded on application into a local situation by the apostles. And if they preach anything other than that, be careful. Let's go on. Or, if you receive a different spirit from the spirit you received. It's time, church, that you really sought the Lord, sought the Holy Spirit, and really began to pray For the gift of the discerning of spirits. You're going to need it in these last days. Because deception is on the rise. For it is the last days. Not even days. It is the last hours. If you receive a different spirit. You need to have the discerning of spirits activated. Or a different gospel from the one you accepted. Further on in that chapter. 2 Corinthians 11 verse 13 to 15. The people that are promoting this, Paul says, such people are false apostles, deceitful workers, masquerading as apostles of Christ. And no wonder for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. 
It is not surprising then if his servants also masquerade as servants of righteousness. The end will be what their actions deserve. Next week I will be preaching on counterfeits. And this is one of the main scriptures that I will be using. False apostles, false prophets... There is a real strong infiltration into the apostolic and prophetic moves by Gnostic apostles and Gnostic prophets. Be careful of them. They masquerade as apostles of Christ. Galatians, again, we have the scripture where Paul is amazed at how they're so easily reverting back to Ebonite doctrines, which is Judaism coming in. Chapter 3, verse 1 to 3. You foolish Galatians, who's bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? After beginning by means of the Spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Very interesting passage of Scripture. The book of Ephesians is probably one of the most comprehensive um, works on the application of the doctrines of Jesus. And you need to really get into it and study it. First three chapters deal with the, the theology. Who is Jesus? Who you are? What you're supposed to do? And the, th- second, the, the second three uh, chapters deal with its application into every aspect of your life. Get to know the book of Ephesians. Philippians chapter 3 verse 2. Listen to the terminology. Can you imagine if someone had to step up into some of these pulpits and start talking like this? Watch out for those dogs. Those evildoers. Those mutilators of the flesh. These guys, these apostles, they didn't play games with these people. We have been so intimidated by political correctness and religious correctness. We've been so intimidated by them throwing scriptures at us like, don't judge, you're not allowed to judge, and where is the love? And we'll be talking about those scriptures later on. We've become silent. We've got to start calling these out, these people out. We've got to start exposing these doctrines to the truth of the Word of God. Colossians chapter 2 Verse 16 to 23. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regards to the religious festivals, a new moon celebration or a Sabbath day. Now listen carefully to verse 17. These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. You've got to watch out for these people today. There's, a, there's, there's, there's one thing to accept the culturalism, culturalism of, the, of, of the Jewish nation and bringing it into your, your, your lifestyle just as, a, as, as an exercise in culture. But if you bring it in because you believe it's now becoming part and parcel of your worship to God and it's starting to actually creep in and, 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 and the expectation is if you... For you to have salvation, justification, you need to have these practices in your home. Be careful because you are going to start worshipping an Ebonite Jesus. Don't, do not let anyone, verse 18, who delights in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you. 
Such a person also goes into great detail about what they have seen. They are puffed up with idle notions by their unspiritual minds. People do not worship angels. Do not associate with people that worship angels. Be very careful of them. There's things coming out in experiential theology and churches and we'll talk about it. Where I've, I've heard you, you go to one area <coughs> excuse me, and, and, and of, of a worship service and there's blue angels and there's fire angels and you can get their anointing. That's an anointing you do not want. Because that's an anointing that does not come from the throne of God. Verse 19, they have lost their connection with the head. They, they, these people are not connected with Jesus. Verse 20, since you died with Christ to the elemental spiritual forces of this world, why, as though you still belong to the world, do you submit to its rules? Go and study Colossians 2, 16-23. Because of Jesus, you are dead to the elemental spiritual forces of this world. 2 Thessalonians 2 verse 3. Do, don't let anyone deceive you in, in any way. Now here we connect with end times. For that day will not come until the rebellion occurs and the man of lawlessness is revealed that man doomed to destruction. Further on in that chapter verses 9 to 12. The coming of the lawless one will be in accordance with how Satan works. Now here it is experiential. He will use all sorts of displays of power through signs and wonders to serve the lie and all the ways that wickedness deceives those who are perishing. Now, in Romans 1, we talk about the truth exchange and I'll be identifying the truth exchange which is those four points that you've got to look at before you sever a relationship with someone. Now, if a person exchanges the truth of God for a lie, God will send them a powerful delusion. They will start to believe more weird, wild and wacky things. And this is why. They perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. Verse 11. For this reason God sends them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie. And so that all will be condemned who have not believed the truth but have delighted in wickedness. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, 3-4, Paul writes to a young pastor and he says this. Command certain people not to teach false doctrines anymore or to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies. Such things promote controversial speculations rather than advancing God's word, work, which is by faith. And then in chapter 3, verse 8, he links Janus and Jamres in Moses, who were, who were uh, ancient. Uh, wizards and, and stuff in Pharaoh's court who oppose Moses to these teachers and we'll have a look at uh, an anatomy of a demonic doctrine later on so so in verse 8 it says 2 Timothy 3 8 just as Janus and Jamres opposed Moses so also these teachers oppose the truth they are men of depraved minds who as far as faith is concerned are rejected in 2 Timothy 4 2 to 4 preach the word be prepared in season and out of season correct rebuke encourage with great patience and careful instruction remember i told you earlier on that you are responsible personally yourself for identifying the type of teaching that has come in your way you need to be able to have the ability to test 
and we will put these instruments into your hands, God willing. One of the ways that you need to be going in is when you go into a local church, you need to listen to, the, to, to, to what the preachers are preaching about. And if there's no element of correction, if there's no element of rebuking, but it's all encouragement, 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 I would be very hesitant to stay there because what might be taking place is you will be taught, be being taught gatekeeper, a gate teaching, which is called antinomianism, which is grace, 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 grace. You're free to do whatever you like. It's very, very dangerous. The other element that you need to do when you go into a church is look at the people. What do they want to listen to? What are, what are, what are the desires of their heart? What, what, what are they calling on? What does what their study like? Verse 3, For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. In Titus, Paul goes on, chapter 1, 10 to 16, and sadly he says this, For there are many rebellious people full of meaningless talk and deception, especially those of the circumcision group, the Ebonites. They must be silenced, because they are disrupting whole households by teaching things that they ought not to teach, and and, and, and that for the sake of dishonest gain. In verse 13 it says, Therefore rebuke them sharply, so that they will be sound in the faith, and will pay no attention to Jewish myths or to merely human commands of those who reject the truth. To the pure all things are pure, but to those who are corrupt and do not believe nothing is pure. In fact, both their minds and consciences are corrupt. They claim to know God, but by their actions they deny Him. They are detestable, disobedient, and unfit for anything good. Go and study that passage of scripture and really, really bite into it and and, and understand it. Because today, these Judaizers are changing their camouflage and coming at us from a form of the Messianic community. Now, some of the Messianic community I have no problem with. But some of them I have, a, I have a serious problem with. And we'll be talking about them in detail later on when we give you illustrations and examples. Philemon, the book Philemon was just a letter to a friend of Paul's. In Hebrews 13 verse 9 it says, Do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teachings. It is good for our hearts to be strengthened by grace, not by eating ceremonial foods which are of no benefit to you. James was written to prevent the behavior of these liberal gospel teachings coming in and threatening the practices of godliness and a godly lifestyle within the church. 2 Peter chapter 2 verse 1 But there will also be false prophets among the people just as there will be false teachers among you. Just remember, you cannot get a false prophet if there is a good solid Bible teacher, a shepherd in your church. You know, the false prophets come because false teachers are teaching the wrong stuff or they're excluding huge amounts of the complete word of God from their teachings. And this allows a platform for the false prophets to come in with experiential theology. 
They will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the sovereign Lord who brought them, bringing swift destruction to themselves. One John chapter two, eighteen to nineteen. Again, the link of deception to the end of this age. This is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. This is how we will know it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they belonged to us, they would have remained with us, but their going showed that none of them belonged to us. Uh, We're going to talk about counterfeits, and we're going to talk about counterfeit Christians and the difference between a counterfeit Christian and a backslidden or carnal Christian next week. 1 John 4, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> 1 John 4, 1. Do not believe every spirit. You need to memorize this verse. 1 John 4, 1. You need to memorize it. But test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. The next verse of scripture is a pretty much an eye-opener, well, it, is, it was for me, 2 John chapter 1, verse 7 to 8. I say this because many deceivers who do not ac- acknowledge Jesus Christ is coming in the flesh have gone out in, into the world. Now, listen to this. Any such person is the deceiver and the antichrist. So anyone promoting another Jesus, anyone promoting doctrines that belong to the Ebonites or doctrines that belong to the Gnostics, here John is actually associating them with Satan and with the Antichrist. Because here in verse 7, it says, any such person is the deceiver and the Antichrist. Verse 8, watch out that you do not lose what we have worked for but that you may be fully rewarded. These people are coming in, and unfortunately they are swaying huge numbers within the body of Christ. And these numbers are sitting there, unaware that they are being taught doctrines of demons. They've been taught doctrines from false teachers, and these doctrines are gateway doctrines. So they've been taught truth that has become lies. And the next thing that they're going to be given... Excuse me. The next thing they're going to be given is falsehood. And before they know it, they'll be worshipping agnostic Jesus, which is not the Jesus. And so John warns and he says, look, we've been working here to present you, Paul, to Christ. So watch out that you do not lose what we have worked for, but that you may be fully rewarded. 3 John 1, 9-11, you can go and read that. Jude 1-4 For certain individuals whose condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped in among you, these ungodly people, who pervert the grace of our God into a license for immorality and deny Jesus Christ, our only sovereign and Lord. So Jude really takes these Gnostics to task in in, in that book. In Revelation, you can read in chapters 2 and 3, the letters of Jesus to the church, which basically, I believe, span the whole church age. So they relate to 
specific types of churches in that age and they relate to specific types of churches in this age that we're currently living in as well. And you can read about out of the seven churches he writes to, six of them he's got a problem with and rebukes them. One of the problems that I have when I study, now, now <clears throat> what, uh, let me just go back to the New Testament. I, I went through that, giving you about 22 verses of scripture, just going through each verse of scripture for a specific purpose. I wanted you to get an understanding of the importance of refuting false doctrine that will continually and always be attempting to come into the church and to deceive. Out of 27 books, okay, out of 27 books, 21, these writers are specifically writing against them, and three books complete are written against refuting false doctrine. So I need you to wrap your head around the importance of this topic and the need for you to understand what you are currently facing Especially in light of the increase of information that is coming to you. And you need to be able to put biblical filters up. Together with the discerning of spirits and the Holy Spirit. Giving you the discerning gift of discerning spirits. So that you will know the truth. Because it is within that truth. The truth in Christ that you will be set free. The second thing I wanted to share with you in this introduction is it's it's just me personally and it might apply to you i don't know but just just think about this i'm always very very conscious of preaching this type of series because i would more than likely have the tendency to become like the church of ephesus jesus says to the church of ephesus in revelation chapter 2 you can read the letter 2 to 5 verses 2 to 5 he says He knows them. He knows their deeds, how they don't tolerate anyone. And he he actually, in a way, commends them because he says, I hate what you hate. (coughs) I hate the teachings of the Nicolaitans. But the problem they had was they went so full into it that they forsook the first love. And And he rebukes them for that. And he says, you need to repent. My danger is that I would tend to go into that field. So I've got to watch myself continually. So I put, a, I put a barrier up on one side of me where I'm always alert, always watching for what's coming in. And every now and then I'll come out and preach. And under the leading of the Holy Spirit, I need to preach the series of making you alert and aware of the hidden dangers of the New Age movement, the current New Age movement that is in the church today. So on one extreme, I'm always conscious of not going into that area, not forsaking Jesus, not forsaking my job, which is to make disciples and present them to Jesus. Now, there is another extreme. Um, I'm not likely to go into that, but I'm also aware of it and I keep watch over that. And that is the letter to Thyatira, the church of Thyatira. So there's these two barriers. One is doing going overboard on one side, one is going overboard on the other side. Overboard in the church of Thyatira is they did nothing. They actually allowed this into their church. And so Jesus comes to the church in Thyatira and he says, I've got this against you. Verse 20 of Revelation 2. You tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophet. 
Okay. Um, for example, in verse 24, it says, Now to the rest of you in Thyatira, to you who do not hold to her teachings and have not learned Satan's so-called deep, deep secrets. That's, that's Gnosticism. All right? There were people in the church. There were an element that did not do that. But there was an element in the church that did do that. They went into this. They allowed this to take place. And Jesus called them on it. So these are the two extremes that we've got to be very, very aware of. We've got to be aware of not losing our priority. And we've got to be aware of <clears throat> not doing anything and allowing this to come into the church. I want, to, I want to wrap this up now and, and I want to give you a warning from Jesus himself. In Matthew 24, Jesus leaves the temple and he's walking with his disciples in verse 1. And um, they're looking at the buildings, telling them how great their buildings are and stuff. And then he, then he says to them, well, don't worry about this. These things are going to come down. There's not going to be one stone left. And in verse 3, they then say Ask him, what is going to happen? Excuse me, my throat is playing up. <coughs> and then Jesus gives a list of things to watch out for. Signs of the time. Signs of the end of the age. Signs of his coming. Now when you study this, I want you to go in and study Revelation 24 for yourself. And really meditate on it and think about it. Each sign he gives one, t one warning. So, one warning to wars, rumors of wars. He says, don't be alarmed. They've got to happen. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, independence all over the place, fighting for independence. He says, don't worry. You know, Famines, again, one warning. Earthquakes, one warning. This is the beginning. But what he does is, four warnings on deception. Four warnings on deception. Verse 4, watch out that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah, and will deceive many. All right? At that time, many will turn from the faith and betray and hate each other. The false prophets are going to appear. Increase of wickedness, the love of many will grow cold. At that time, if anyone says, look, here's the Messiah, or there he is, do not believe, for false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. So I want you to really meditate on this, and I want you to understand, when I teach people about spiritual warfare, my first lesson in teaching them is, lesson number one, spiritual warfare teaches you to be alert. When I teach people about end times, the first lesson that I give to them is to become watchful. And so what you need to be doing here is you need to be coming watchful. You need to be coming watchful for what things are coming into you. You need to be alert. You need to be a gatekeeper of your mind, a gatekeeper to your family, a gatekeeper to your church. To be testing every spirit, to be testing every preacher, to be testing every word of doctrine against the purity of the word of God. 1 Timothy chapter 4, Paul speaks to a young pastor, Timothy. And he says, the Spirit clearly says that in the latter times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. Read that all the way through to verse 16. Meditate upon it. Think about it. What is shocking me today 
as I've begun studying this and going into this, is how the church has been invaded with the new age, new camouflage teaching of the Ebonites and Agnostics. And many, many of the things that were thrown out of the church a mere 70 to 100 years ago are now mainstream doctrine. Ancient Gnosticism is being camouflaged and it's coming in through the emerging apostolic prophetic movements. And let me tell you, I believe God is raising up apostles. I believe God is raising up prophets. I believe in the fivefold ministry and God is restoring them all because the church in the last days needs this. But I also believe that the Gnostics are coming in through those movements. Coming in through the ecumenical movement, leading the ecumenical movement into the interfaith movement. Coming in with with, with, uh, antinomianism teaching grace, 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 which is just a mixture of psychology and marketing sprinkled with Christian Christian quotations and, and packaged in brilliant marketing. I'm seeing this in the church and people are sitting in the church today thinking that they are saved and they are not. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me so on one side you're getting the ecumenical movement with all the connections with every religion coexisting which will ultimately lead to the one the the false prophet and on the other side you're getting the charismatics and the emergent churches and others which have been infiltrated by the gnostics and the new ages where does it stop The problem we are having is that there are so many Christians who are subscribing to this agenda. The Spirit clearly says that in the latter times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Such teachings come through hypocritical lies whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. What is happening to the church? Well, a massive onslaught because Jesus is coming back and his church will stand pure. And so he warns us, end time signs, one, in their deception times, four. Next week, we'll go on to spiritual counterfeits and then I'll give you a teaching on Gnosticism the week after Thank you. God bless you.